0: On today's episode of the Hit Me In Podcast, Mo and I had a chance to sit down with Domati Pongo, social commentator and journalist for MTV News, for our Target Practice interview.
1: We talked to Dometi about his journey in journalism, starting as a radio host and now being on TV. We also talked to him about MTV's True Life crime series and how that affects him. Rounding out the Target Practice interview, we had a chance to ask Domati about his feelings
0: on the passing of Nipsey Hussle, as well as Kobe and Gianna Bryant finishing it off we got him in the rapid fire and a couple of topics in the sports world episode 12 hit me in podcast let's do it What's going on already? We don't got to say it no more. Whenever you hear that MVP chant, you already know it's the deal. It's the most valuable podcast in the world. The Hitman Podcast. Chris checking in. Mo checking in. What's the deal, bro? How you feeling?
1: Man, I'm feeling lovely, bro. Yeah. Oh, I definitely can't complain today, man. Uh, got a dear friend that's joining us today. Uh-huh. I'm happy about it. So uh I'm ready to get right into it, man. I don't even want to do too much talking. How you feeling though? I can't complain. You know what I'm saying? I'm losing my mind a little bit over here at the Cribbo. I'm starting to
0: get on my Tim tool, man Taylor. I've been fixing sinks, fixing dryers. <laughs> I'm running
1: out of stuff to do, bro. I'm ready to get back to it bro you might as well just get you a list and write it down we're gonna be in the crib for a minute bro that's what it's looking like i feel you, know you. What I'm saying? so go ahead go ahead and start looking stuff up on youtube and um google man get you a little list
0: man i but the one thing i do want to tell you i got a chance to do over this uh this course of this week i got a chance to sit down and watch some some dope material from our special guest today, a dear, dear friend of ours, our brother, Man, yeah, if I yeah. had to describe him in one word, bro, it would be impressive. He's one of them ones where when we're talking about the African-American Museum, our text, them textbooks when our kids go to go to school and get to reading about them, how we read about Dr. King, how we read about Mega Evers, he's one of them ones,
1: man. He's one of our champions. Oh, yeah, man. We definitely got to celebrate this, brother. Uh, what I love about this uh, this forum that we have and what we're doing with this Target practice segment, is we're giving people the f- their flowers while they can still And with this brother right here, personally, uh, I've been knowing him since I was a shorty, man. I can't remember how old, but I was, I was a young buck. He was too. And to see this, you know, see this man's progression and see where he is right now, man, I'm truly, truly inspired. I'm always motivated, and I'm more than anything proud. Uh, I'm proud of his brother, man. So, with no further ado, man, we have. A journalist, social commentator, champion of the streets. You know? Mm-hmm. Welcome to Medi Pongo to the show. Yeah. Yeah. How
2: you doing, bro? Yeah. gotta be the best Uh huh. Like, to hear uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that from you guys, man, because it's 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 something to hear that from people who know you in an authentic context you know what i mean like not 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 in the context of the work but like Mo said, we known each other since shorties, man, and then ended up going to the same high school. Then ended up going to the same college, and like to just know somebody on that level to maintain that brotherhood for so long. And then Chris, since college, helping me in my early when I was still making music, helping coordinate events with me. Like I mean, y'all really were like a part of a large part of my life. So this is this is humbling, man, to hear y'all say that, man. I'm glad, I'm glad to be on.
0: Straight with y'all. up and down, bro. Straight up and bro. down, my man. My man since pots and pans bro prof how you feeling how you doing i don't know I, I i i got ahead of myself so people don't know we call you prof because that was your name the prophecy i know you obviously we introduced you domity pongo but you know what i'm saying the, the name prof that's it that's a name that's endearing to us like that's love and we call you that so for for the listeners forgive us if we if we slip in and out of there if we go from domity to prof that's just that's how we know our bro
2: and then yes, let's take it sure. a step further too if they go from Domati to Demeti, that just means they knew me before everyone knew how to <laughs> pronounce my name so Demeti is almost like a nickname so if i see somebody call me Demeti, i know i knew you from way back but i recognize faces though so don't try it if you are from albuquerque and you run up on me <laughs> <laughs> Facts. <laughs>
1: yeah. how you living bro how you feeling
2: man i'm good it's funny man i'm on the same thing as far as like Surviving quarantine by keeping myself busy, man. Yesterday I did a bike ride for like 40 miles for the first time. I've been biking. Sheesh. I've been building things around the crib. I went 40. It took me a long time to get it though. I ain't gonna gas it like it was 40 miles straight. It was like you know what I'm saying. <laughs> 10 miles, stop, 10 miles. You <laughs> know, but it was it was a vibe, man.
1: Bro, you ain't gonna tell the people what else you've been doing. I saw it yesterday too. I saw you got you was getting your Pat Mahomes on. You was uh out there throwing the football, looking like the next coming to pay the man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, not, man.
2: I'm gonna delete that now so they know that. Mahomes, that ball like uh, Jay Z throwing the football, man. <laughs> it was a vibe. We went to uh, we went from Brooklyn to Queens to Rockaway Beach. It was uh, it was lit, man. It was it was good energy, man.
1: That's what's up, bro. That's what's up. I'm glad you uh, you know, finding a way to keep keep busy during the quarantine. Even though you have been busy with providing us all the news that we need to stay informed and during this time of, I mean, we can call it a crisis, but it is the pandemic that we're dealing with, which is the COVID 19.
2: Yeah, it's important because it's like, you know, it's. It's it's weird because these times kind of reveal like what you know. I'm kinda, I felt like I was in fight or flight mode for a long time, just just the the stimuli, the whole situation, you know. But actually, if you look back for certain, you know, it's certain ways that are ways that some of us who have, you know, the privilege to be able to weather the storm you know, different ways that, uh, you know, I, I've seen myself grow, I've seen my friends grow. We just dropped a series with the Smithsonian that's kind of contextualizing this, this moment we're in right now called Conversations in Context. And it's basically me sitting down with Lonnie Bunch, who was the first African-American, you know, president uh, or secretary rather of the uh, Smithsonian, and also a founding member of the National Museum for African-American History and Culture. Huh. And we just break down moments in history uh, related to what it is that we're experiencing in the moment we're in right now, and just an authentic intergenerational conversation with a young gunner and 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 a, and a and historian. So it, it was. Ill. We ain't
0: even That's got amazing, started. Bro. You already bro. talking about moving in big steps <laughs> and moving yeah. in big ways. We got to catch up to you. Let's get right into it, big dog. In the moment that really we're yeah. in, in the time that we're in. You are at the forefront of bringing us our news, bringing us what we need to know—no pun intended. But the journey has not been easy, and it has not been a short one. How has your journey been in terms of getting into journalism? Tell us how you fell in love with wanting to be the voice for the voiceless.
2: Man, you—you you said it at the top when we was talking about prof. You know, as y'all know, it started with hip hop, and I started off like. I mean, 12 years old, I've been rapping since I was six years old, but 12 years old, my man Ute had, uh, uh, you know, a, a hanger that we would bend in the shape of a circle and then we will put a, a stocking cap on top of it and that was the mic filter. And we had this little uh, Sony headset, that was the microphone that we used to record in um, in whatever program at the time, I think it was Audacity. but. And you know, and that was always like the backbone of, of, of who I was. I was you no know, I consider myself like a student of hip hop, an MC, all of that. You know, did that through college and then after college tried to go to corporate America and i felt like i had to be a version of myself that didn't feel true to myself and you know there's no way to exact your purpose if you're playing a role you know what i mean not that i was fake or anything different but you know how corporate america is when you come and show up 21 22 years old trying to be yourself you know it's a lot to prove you're learning about microaggressions it's a culture shock and so i quit and you know, I quit, came back, and lived with my parents. And from there, like you said, it was just tough. It was a lot of soul searching, figuring out what I wanted to do. The only thing that kept constant was I was going to be my authentic self. I was going to do work that Black people will be proud of. And I was going to tell stories that mattered to me. So I ended up enrolling in the radio broadcasting school, then turning at a radio station, and hustling, and eventually making it to bigger radio stations and then TV, and then finally MTV.
1: Hey, that's that's an inspiring journey, and me, like you said, firsthand, me and Chris saw it and was able to follow it. And uh, I want to make a point: you, hip hop, was the first love. Rapping was your first love, and we saw you, you know, spinning bars and doing your thing there. And I kind of uh, thought it would be when I heard that you were doing uh, journalism and you were doing radio that. It was a seamless transition because as a rapper, and I feel like rappers are, you know, they report on either their life or what goes on around them and what goes on in the streets. So for you to switch that focus and then now uh, put it to the issues that matter most to us and be able to put that on a platform such as radio and TV, I felt was big. Um, so that'll take me into my next question. Uh, yeah, man, you like we said, you're an award-winning journalist as a reporter and radio host for WGN in Chicago. Um, what, were, what were the biggest obstacles to transition from doing radio there to now being on TV with MTV? Hmm. Now yeah, that's a good question.
2: The hardest transition, well, like, first, there's just the, the actual technique of doing it. So on radio, you get more time to kind of freestyle and pontificate. You know what I mean? Like, radio people, just like this platform, this podcast, like, normally, when somebody asks, how'd you go from what you are doing before to getting into journalism, you got to give that answer in about 60 seconds if you're on TV. But number one, we you talking right. to your brothers who really know the ins and out of what you're saying, you know, uh-huh. you can go into de- detail, you know, one. But two, the format of a podcast, one hour long, people t- came to listen. You know, people are exercising while they listen to this. They came to dive into this. On TV, everything is very quick. They got to get to the commercials. You know what I'm saying? They have to, they have a program and they got different blocks. And so the biggest transition for me was... Really, just uh, just switching up, switching up from from album to single mode. You know, I look at I look at doing TV hits like dropping singles, and I look at podcasts like albums. And you know, when when I used to when I first got into TV, it was like I think I was on a panel on WYCC on Channel Eleven in Chicago, and it was really just a volleying back and forth uh, about political issues, but it felt like a cipher. Mm, you know, somebody mm. throws out an idea, you throw out an idea, you come back, and you're trying to make your points, you're trying to make the other MCs respect you, that's a cipher. You know, when I, when I started doing um, hits at WGN, we, was, uh, we were hosting um, Ch- Chicago's Best, it was like a food cooking show, you know, it was just freestyle. It's like they, they tell you the parameters. It's like give me a topic. These are the parameters. These are the beats we gotta hit within this amount of time. It's a freestyle. So yeah, it's just the the delivery and methods have changed, but it really all linked back to what I felt like I've been doing since I was you know twelve years old.
0: That's such a crazy answer that you gave me. That that fed right into what I was getting ready to talk to you about. Uh, I had the opportunity to check out St. Louis Superman yesterday. Yeah. And uh, for those that don't know shout out to shout out to uh, the creators of that Bruce who's the protagonist, he's the main uh, character or he's the, he's the main person in the documentary. He mentioned that um, being a state legislator yeah. or being on the floor of the state Senate in Missouri, um, he also is a battle rapper out in St. Louis and he said that um, Tackling those issues and tackling, you know, social economic change and social reform is like a cypher to him. Um, So that's very interesting that you touched on that. I was you actually beat me to the punch. Mm -hmm. I got a compound question for you real quick. Uh, I want to talk about MTV True Life Crime. Um, It's an amazing series, man. Kudos to you, man. Applause to you. Uh, You did a phenomenal job with season one. Um, A couple of questions for you one just if you can as much as you can Thank tell us you. how that opportunity came about uh and what is it like working with neve who is uh the host and creator of mtv's catfish
2: Ooh. oh this is gonna be a long answer i hope that's cool Nah, don't <laughs> don't worry about because i got a,
0: i got another one i got a, i got a i got a back-to-back question right we after that
2: time. okay best. so first bruce Franks jr I'm so glad that you were able to come out to that conversation. So the the screening for St. Louis Superman is a story about a guy whose son's birthday ends up being the day that Michael Brown was killed in Ferguson. He becomes an activist, starts off as a battle rapper, then goes on to Congress right. and actually wins a seat in Congress. And we watched the movie at a private screening um, at, at the job because MTV produced the movie. And it's Oscar-nominated film, short film, check it out if you can, won multiple awards too. And uh, I, I talked to Bruce after the event and was just like, brother, the way you transition from hip hop mm. to politics, wait, to activism, then the politics. I was like, and so I just started like, you know how you meet somebody you just start spilling your guts? you know what I'm saying so I started spilling my guts it's, like you, it's like you talking right. to
0: yourself almost yeah exactly yeah you know what I mean and I'm like
2: and I'm so into what I'm saying I'm not even reading his energy until I finished like just word vomiting about how much I felt like you know we had a lot of synergy similar paths he was just like, you know, I look up like, ah, oh, oh shit, I've been talking too long. And then he was like <laughs> <laughs> But he, he responded with the same energy. And he and I just became real cool, just on social media, just real cool. And then, um. You know, after the movie came out, he jumped on my show, and we just maintained a really close relationship. And uh, and then then he ended up having his movie screening, and some you know some inside of politics. I won't get into all of that because it'll take us on a tangent. But he needed me to. To, to moderate the conversation. And there was a lot of conversation behind the scenes about how I would do it, how it would happen. And I just jumped on, cause that was my man's. And so, you know, we, we share that same thing where hip hop birth politicians, it's birth activists, it's birth journalists. And that's just the power to the culture. Now, how I got to true life crime, got to true life crime um, through referrals of multiple people in Chicago uh, that really just spoke well of me. So Duh. they were casting for a show about, you know, the Kanika Jenkins case. And they needed somebody who was in the, in the age range. They needed someone who was a journalist who had been a the case, et cetera. And the, everybody they interviewed and when they were digging into the case and talking about reporters, and my name came up in multiple circles. You know, I later found this out. I'm finding this out later on. Like, because I'm wondering how the casting director, you know, really what made them call me. So I ended up getting a call from my homegirl, Chan Smith. Um, she's a videographer in Chicago. Shout out to Chance Smith. Super dope. Shout out to Chan, man. It's done Ebony Magazine. done. She's just phenomenal. She calls me and says, yo, MTV just called me. Chicago Defender called, told MTV to call me. I'm like, I'm not a host, but I know one. Yo, this is what they're doing. I'm like, all right, MTV's gonna call me. All right, I I believe you, whatever. Hung up the phone, boom, and then they called me. And when I got on the phone with them, it was interesting because at that particular time in my life, I was working the radio, but I wasn't making any money. I made it look good. You know, I was I was working at WGN radio, but I really was actually part-time. I only had two days on the schedule, Monday and Saturday when I was a news anchor. Every other day I was there was fill-in. So I began letting them know I wanted to host. So I was a fill-in host, and then I was freelancing at WGN TV, WCIU TV, and then hosting events. You know what I'm saying? Around during that time, I remember I I knew, at at that same time, I increased my price drastically. And so I wasn't getting a lot of bookings because I felt just spread thin, but I also needed to communicate. I know who I am despite my condition and I know what I'm worth and I'm not gonna do your fish for oh. for a free play to this, day. to this day you know I'm not doing it I'm not doing it and so increase the price price went up but with that means that bookings are gonna fall off it's gonna take time for the market to respond to it and so I was just in a rut so when they called me and we're talking about the Kanika Jenkins case I was authentic G I just was I something don't feel right. I was like, when a black woman goes missing in Chicago, the police don't care. We see the numbers to prove it. This is like, I, I don't, I, I just went off. I just started venting about the case because I didn't even think that this was real. You know what I mean? I didn't I didn't look at it as a job interview. And they said, well, we think you're great. We'd like to consider you. Would you like to meet the director? I end up texting the director. We had lunch or dinner rather and he started naming all the people he wanted to cast in the movie and i'm like oh my homegirl my friend my this my that like i was really and it it was a reminder to me because you know i was running forward so much i didn't even realize how many connections i made and honestly to be frank like the stature of the people that i just called all friends, you know what I'm saying, like just like y'all w- with me. It's like, oh yeah, you know that's Don Petito, but he hosts the show. But yeah, that's, but that's that's the guy, you know. So I'm like, oh Jamal Green, yeah, right. you can get, get you him and you with Barbie. Yes, yeah, so I can get you in contact with right. him. Zach TV. They they already reached out to Zach TV, and we met through the show, and so it was um. It was a, a, you know, it was an interesting experience. And then later on, I joined MTV's digital team as a separate, as part of a separate team. And then I later on found out that the show got greenlit. Like, we shot the pilot for True Life Crime in 2018. It didn't premiere till
0: 2020. Right, right,
2: right. So I didn't hear back from MTV until, like, late 2018 about the pilot, about the job or anything. And I didn't know about... Uh, the show getting a full season until, like, or the that season that's going to drop until 2019. So everything happened really fast but and long at the same time, you know, so people don't know about that period. Like, I kept that close to the chest. So while while I was getting, while people were asking me, yo, why you charged an XYZ, they don't know I got an MTV doc in the can. And so I'm really, it helped me see who saw my value and who didn't
0: amazing amazing so my follow-up question to that these stories that you followed, they took you across the country um, some tragic and, and really deep tales that you had to chronolize and, and and cover um, for the sake of the job uh, a few of them that stuck out to me obviously uh, Kanika Jenkins out in Chicago Kadari in Iowa um, Mujay out in Michigan junior in the Bronx um, One in particular that stood out to me was uh, the story of Joel Ortiz uh, and the hacker story. So we recently saw, uh, it's it's crazy that you brought her up, we recently saw the Inglewood Barbie, uh, who's a Chicago activist. Uh, She had her social media hacked over the weekend during her birthday Mm -hmm. weekend, actually. Um, The hacker whom you interviewed on the show, uh, there was a scene where he revealed a laptop to you where he basically had like your whole life. And you didn't know this guy from a can of paint. Yeah, he hacked me. That's not from That's you know That's not made for TV That's not like Like scripted Or anything like that Like he basically Showed you How easy no, it is to that was a real to, moment Right for sure That was a
2: real moment And they had to edit it out My bad to cut you off Real quick But I I no, no. had to edit out Some of my response Cause I You know I got out of body A little bit <laughs> Just a little bit I'm really glad that, Cause it would have made it For decent TV But I was just kinda You know it kinda Threw me off Because like You know They want an authentic response And you don't want it to be You know A television But also you feel kinda naked Like you know you feel violated, for sure. All right. That was crazy. Yeah, but you, know, yeah, you got to look at it, at it as, as, as art in, in a way. And, and I don't want to get on there and act. And it just lets you know how real this, this thing is. And so, you know, I have two-factor authentication on all my things and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, anybody can be susceptible to it. But
0: yeah, my question, my question, um, in that vein is, what are some of the precautions like uh, that public figures such as yourself, uh, and also like contemporaries, because you're in a different space now. um, What are some of the precautions that you take that uh, your team takes? In order to combat something such as like such like cybercrime such as this um and again as much as you can tell us obviously like there are certain things that you know we can't really get into but as much as you can tell us as far as that experience went what are some of the precautions that you take now moving moving forward
2: well first pay attention to when those credit card companies had those data breaches so i remember Experian not too long ago had a data breach and then you could apply for some class action lawsuit they had like a, a um a settlement dang i don't have it in front of me and there's somebody who does the news I'm, I'm irritating myself by not knowing the details but look it up there was recently the credit bureaus a little while ago i want to say in 2019 um there was a settlement given out to all of these customers who had their data stolen and that's how a lot of these data that's how a lot, a lot of this information ends up on the black market you know what i'm saying those people hacking those those things so on to some extent you know it, there's it, it might already be out there I don't want to scare you I want to be fatalist but it's kind of like already out oh. there. like the information that was on that page it's not like I can that the hacker found it's not like I can wipe it and he found it very quickly like I don't know where to go to get rid of it so what you have to do is is go back and set, set up uh, change passwords frequently uh, set two-factor authentication um, uh, do you know I'm not recommending any particular privacy company, but you can go to those privacy companies that, that protect your information, see if they have like a cybersecurity plan for you, check that out. But I think that two factor authentication is a big one. And also I recommend everybody get Google Authenticator. And what it is is an app on your phone that rotates numbers continuously, random numbers, so that if you log into your Instagram account, every time you log in, it's gonna ask you, what does your Google Authenticator say? And then you go to the randomized app, you put in the numbers, copy, paste, and then you get in. So you're the only one with that number. So no one else in the world can hack you with that, with that situation. But like I said, you know, these guys are smart, man. They'll get around that, eventually, and then we'll have new rules. <laughs>
1: I hope people listen, listening up, to go use all of, bro, just you yeah
0: goofy all that amazon all that amazon y'all buying <laughs> all that all that fashion yeah. over y'all out here buying all them sneakers uh sneakers y'all trying to get on y'all need to watch y'all step you feel me because it's a it's a cyber shadow out there on you bro
2: too much on the internet man because if, if 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 these names are out there your family's names out there and all of that constantly posting intimate moments people can piece together your life you know what i mean so I, you got to be real careful. I remember there was one theory. I don't know if this actually happened, but there was a rapper who got killed, and there was one theory that it was because he got screen sh- had a sc- screenshot uh, of him shopping on one of his bags, or whatever. And then somebody screenshotted it and then zoomed in and found his address because you know he was he was showing off some stuff he had bought. Yeah, you know, man. So it's or got mailed to him or something like that. So you know you gotta you gotta be careful. Crazy.
1: Yeah, protect your neck out here, man. Without a doubt
2: is
0: real man. make sure y'all check out true life crime is on you can stream it right now it's on mtv these stories are, are are crazy uh you won't believe it until you see it if y'all thought catfish was crazy y'all need to check out mtv's true life crime
2: man i doubt. didn't even get to i didn't get to your last question and you asked what it was like to me Nev. and so neve cool dude i um he yeah, DM me randomly and said, "Man, congrats on the show. Let's get drinks. We got drinks and, and kicked on the premiere for his show and then watched mine afterwards. It was funny because they was live. Th- we were live tweeting through Catfish and then when True Life came on, it never felt appropriate to live tweet anything. You know what I'm saying? For like, sure, right, right, right. It's so, crazy. Just, yeah, you know, it's it's, it's for like it's, it's so many moments in this space I'm in in a bittersweet like that. You know? But but he was a good brother.
1: Prof. So. One thing that me and you share, other than growing up and you know being having sort of the same experiences, um, is that we're both got in. And this was something I didn't even know about you until I think college, and I was like, damn, mm. prof, you got in? I'm like, man, I knew I knew was yeah, the reason why you yeah, was so yeah, cool. Man. But uh, outside of that, um, the reason I bring that up is because you do something that I see um, on IG every year. Um, it's amazing, um, I think that people should get with you and I want you to talk a little bit more about your partnership that actually takes groups of people on a tour of Ghana every year. Um, just speak a little bit more about how that came about and you know, how, how can people be a part of it?
2: See, this, this see, is this the thing when you talk to people who actually are in tune with what you've been doing and actually pay attention to your work. I so appreciate it. Uh-huh.
1: You you yeah, it. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man,
0: you are Come a champion, on, bro. bro. We do our homework, on,
2: man. That's a fact. That's a fact. You do your homework, the hit man. When they got a hit out on you, they get the information. They do the homework. I see. Oh,
1: dude I Nah, you a rapper mode.
2: Okay. what <laughs> <laughs> what you gonna drop the album. I ain't gonna lie, that was a drop right there. Like I want y'all to spice that. I'm like
1: yeah, that's a
2: drop. I oh. mean for the so nah. But, <laughs> but, but uh, nah man, yeah, nah, I've been doing that since twenty sixteen and how it actually came about, the trips to Ghana were I had never I hadn't ever been to Ghana as an adult. And I was working at WVON, black owned radio station, south side of Chicago. It was my first radio job, and I was news director there. And and they had a program where a woman named Eleanor Chapman and her company, Africa Travel Advisors, would talk to, um, would bring African Americans to different places where the African diaspora was. They'd go to Cuba, where there was a lot of Africans, they'd go to Brazil in the African neighborhood there. they will take black Americans all over the world to meet our brothers and sisters wherever they are. But they hadn't gone to Ghana in a long time. And then they realized the news director was Ghanaian and we talked it out, we figured out how we do it. And at first I'm like, I don't know how I'm gonna convince anyone to go to ghana with me because you needed at least 10 people man we got like 25 people that first show it was just the power of the megaphone the wvo wins listeners in 2016 but it was also just just spiritual alignment and it was just the power that like so many black americans want to go back home so many of us want to go back and i think that even in all that we're seeing right now i think we we don't realize how strong we are i mean all people of color on the planet uh, don't realize how strong they are because we're not united. We don't have enough conversations with one another. You know, that's, that's like, so I was in my small way, you know, I've taken like close to 20 people each year. Last year we did 10. It was like uh, about 70 total of gone with me. But in my small way, I, I want, I want African-Americans to see what I see when I look at the continent. And so this is my w- little way of, uh, you know, disrupting the narrative that's out there about the crib that's dope bro i
1: mean people who ain't never been to ghana i'm telling you don't get fooled by those commercials on tv we say it all the time but it's the truth don't get fooled by these little commercials on tv ghana and africa in itself is a beautiful place you have a chance to go i'm telling you save them coins gather up them coins and go you will not be disappointed uh prob, how can they get down with that um i don't know if you got information i know what's going on in the state of the, uh, the world right now in this pandemic i don't know if it's still going on but uh let people know how they can be a part of that if they want to take a trip to ghana
2: so i, I since two years in i ended my partnership with the original company i mentioned earlier but now i work with uh sankofa um travel and uh you can just type in sankofa travel online and connect with them i'm no longer doing the trip because i ended up taking on other projects but um they will take care of you and each time flag is the the key partnership member there she's uh at sankofa travel just had to send just google sankofa travel and it will come up and that's all the information if you want to see some of the things that we did in the trip you can go to domati.net slash ghana um, so it's still a link to, to some of the work we did when we are there. There's like a three-minute video where you can just get a, just a glimpse of one of the years that we went just to see the landscape, see the beauty of it. Um, we're actually working on a documentary about uh, the connectivity between African-Americans and Africa. And so that's that's a long ways away but uh you know the little sizzle reel with some of the footage we got is uh, at slash ghana
0: I envy you brothers man uh and also shout out to our, our other brother uh Willie Vegas <laughs> your cousin yes, uh um, yes, he's sir. had the opportunity to he's <laughs> out, he's had the opportunity to go out there and check out Ghana and the pictures I haven't had a chance to leave the country yet myself but Ghana is definitely uh up there on my list he saw he showed me pictures of uh, the presidential the state, and then also shout out to my mm-hmm. New York Wolfpack JV, Shamel, Ruben, Adeze. Um, they're part of uh, a traveling group, and they were able to go out to Ghana and kind of experience the culture um, from from the fashion they bought. Uh, you know, they bought cloth and they were able to see uh, that huge castle that's out there. I don't, I'm not familiar with the name of, but that huge castle where they were able to view it. Um, they saw the presidential estate and they were able to stay uh, for about two weeks. It's a beautiful place. So, shout out to the Ghanaian culture and the heritage. I can't wait to get a chance to go when we back, in, uh, you know, back in effect, back in HD, and on the greener pastures. I want to take I want to take the interview uh, to a certain place, man. I need I need you to kind of walk us through it uh, because it's it's a really uh, crazy experience that you that we all kind of experience, but you in particular because you were at the forefront. You reported on uh, many of the stories that affect our culture. One of those stories being uh, on the streets of L.A. after the death of uh, Nipsey Hussle. Um, almost a year after that almost to the day uh you, you actually spoke about this on entertainment tonight um where you were around staples center doing a spot about nipsey when you all got the news about kobe bryant passing uh it's one of those where were you moments uh where were you when you heard this or where were you when it happened moments um if you can man just take us through uh, your mindset and, experiencing that having to you know take that in but also remaining professional and having to, having a job to do you know because those are emotional times for all of us uh, but just take right. us through how you were able to kind of stay down and and disseminate the news to us
2: man it was it was it's so interesting with nip because he was one of those cats when i was coming up with this documentary i kid you not because he's Eritrean, right um I wanted, I wanted Nipsey to be one of the people to speak in the documentary about the power of the connection between Africans and African-Americans, because he talked about it on The Breakfast Club real slight, you know, they asked him how Africa changed him. And he, you know, he's talking about how, you know, the, the different, different pieces of impact that it had on him, it was, it was so ill that I'm like, yo, he's gonna be in the documentary. So I kind of had my mind moving, you know, in that space. And I remembered, you know, to build the relationship when I got to MTV. And after he dropped uh, Victory Lap, I pitched him, I pitched to interview Nipsey. But at the time, the it wasn't right, and it didn't seem like it was right for the platform, I think because he was still considered an underground rapper and MTV News, right now, doesn't have the footprint that it once had in hip-hop, so keep it a buck. And so, you know, it's fast forward, you know, he passes away and I'm like, I told y'all like when they, now that they're seeing the impact you know, right, sol- right. softly, you know, I didn't say I told y'all so, but with with respect, so I can be honest with y'all, it was like I told you, we right. need to cover this because this is somebody I knew was going to matter to the culture in a big way and if you're paying attention you want to be there before the big things happen, you know what I'm saying? And then we don't even get to see the big thing because he passed away so, you know, they ended up um, thanks to my my uh, BP Teron, another black man, cool brother, um, you know, pitched and got us to go to LA to cover Nipsey's passing, and, and I was just so humbled to have a chance to be there because I remember when I was a shorty, I was Sway, who led us through those moments. You know what I mean? Like so, it was. It was kind of a, a full circle moment, and even in the midst of something tragic like that, you know, I went out, went to the funeral. Right, uh, right. It was interesting seeing just outside the funeral, reporting from outside the funeral, seeing uh, uh, all of these folks that we admire walking in, but in a very human moment. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. You know, just, just people who were close to him, LA legends out there. You know, being authentic in that, and just you know coming together. It was, it was, it was an interesting time because you know, unfortunately, he passed, but then what became if there is anything positive that came out of that, more conversations about owning your own and, you know, what does it look like to be a black business owner? Then all these nipsey his books and, you know, things that I felt like I, you know, those of us with smaller platforms have been talking about and trying to raise that banner for, you know, brought it to the forefront. So it, it felt full circle. Then going back to the Staples Center for the Grammys the following year, I'm thinking, okay, I'm about to kick it in LA. It's about to be relaxed. And then that morning you get that news, and so, you know, on the carpet, normally the carpet is for light interviews. It's exactly for quick hits. Right. You know, you can meet an artist, you know, a million things about, but you only have three minutes with them, uh, maybe 10 if, you, if they really like you and you got there early enough. <laughs> so you don't really have time to really get into into that, that work, but when Kobe passes, you gotta figure out how to create something substantial, right. so we did a montage of all celebrities reacting to his passing and said, just speak on his legacy, so that legacy would be the common thread, you know? And I thought it was powerful just to contextualize a black man's legacy in that space. So Quavo spoke on him, um, Kirk Franklin spoke on him, um, Ross, Yo Gotti, you know, I got to talk to a lot of cats. So it's, you know, in both of these things, I, I think, I think what I've taken from them is the power of uh, the, the desire to leave, want to leave behind a life of legacy. I know I know it sounds cliche, but like you know Lord forbid if I go tomorrow this is Ashton time like our conversation is Ashton time. so, you know no matter how many people listen today listen tomorrow you know they can dig this conversation up and this is this is what we were doing in this moment man we were uplifting one another we were sharing sharing a little feedback we're allowing y'all allowing me to tell my story so that you know my shorties can have something to listen to if they want to see what i'm like you know so i i don't know it just just made me just put me in that mindset and it let me know i know i'm just venting that but you know and it let me know how how you know little some of the things we do are. You know what I'm saying? Being on the red carpet at the Grammys felt silly. All these people dressed up for what? To get pieces of metal and go home for, you know? I mean, it just, yeah. it was like, for why like Kobe passed, i like, what am I even doing, G? Like, I'm, I'm talking to, I'm, I was, so I was there, you know, I talked to Lil Nas X, talked to Billy Eilish, I had the fun moments, talked to the baby, it was cool. But, I mean, you know, what are we doing here? Like, what, what is important right now? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> so it, it just put things in perspective. So it, keep, it keeps me humble.
0: Yeah, I feel you, bro. I was out in Miami setting up for uh, for the Super Bowl weekend, and we got the word that he had passed. They weren't sure if, if Gianna was there. Uh, and, again, rest in peace to Kobe. Rest in peace to Gianna and all of the uh, – all the other passengers that were on that helicopter. But I dropped I, whatever I had in my hand, I dropped it. And my my hands, I just put my hands on top of my head. And it took a while, it took a week for mm. me um, to kind of get past it. But I was in my bathroom, I just broke down on, and, and cried, bro. I cried like mm. a baby. Uh, I know when Nip passed, You know, I was a really big fan of his music. And um, I was getting ready to cover a, a LA Clippers game probably a week or so after he passed. And uh, just walking through LA, walking down Figueroa, you could kind of just feel uh, the mood was changing. And then when I was able to go past um, the Marathon store, they had it roped off. People were able to go to the vigil and drop off candles and kind of pay their respects. But um, man, it was just truly impactful. Um, and we're living in times now where black lives, you know, it's not just a cliche. Black lives do matter um, every day, all day long. But just the impact of those two brothers and and the potential that they could have had. Uh, Kobe for his post career and, and obviously Nip, he was really getting ready to finally step into uh, that light where he could be seen as as one of our luminaries, right. one of our champions, where he's gonna go back for us and, and you know really take that mantle. So right. both of them gone too long, gone too soon um rest in peace to the guys most rest definitely. in peace to Nipsey. rest in peace to kobe yeah, bean most definitely uh
2: it was bro, interesting I'm sh- man oh go ahead wait wait real, real quick real quick uh it was interesting though at kobe i mean at Nipsey's funeral um, outside the marathon store, the security was ran by the nation of, nation of Islam. You, you remember yeah. that, Chris? Like, and so, and my my producer, my underground producer, was a Jewish guy. You know, considered himself liberal and such, but he never understood the allure of the nation. Yeah. And so, you know, we don't have to go into the the, the, the tension, you know, well deserved tension between Farrakhan and, and Jewish folks. But my producer saw that, and he was like, "I now get it. Like, I get why." The, the nation of Islam is such a fixture in the community yeah you know what i mean like I, and i bumped into somebody from the mosque because I, I know a lot of Muslim brothers from chicago just stopped in his tracks you know I know them only, not in the context of the religion I know them in the context of the community work you know so they they yeah. would, like they had the line set up to make sure that folks could come in and that it was peaceful that they, they were really being secure he said who who asked them to do this who's paying them who's doing i was like this is just community bro like this is this is community you know what i'm saying And so it was um it was just it was just interesting man so that was an interesting thing to me it just you know even in the times that we're going through right now i think it's important to recognize that everybody has a perspective and there are reasons why people are giants in certain communities because what they, what they offer to them you know in the other contexts in the world they know them you know
0: a couple more questions and then we're gonna get you up out of here brody yes sir Speaking on the same vein of what we're talking about right now, um, just wanted to get your perspective on something. So up and coming, Hall of Fame inductee Kevin Garnett, Farragut Academy, West Side, Chicago. Uh, he's shown interest uh, in the past week and been very vocal about potentially purchasing the Minnesota Timberwolves. You have small ties being in Minnesota for a second. Um, we don't got to speak on that, but uh, given your previous experience living in Minnesota. What are your thoughts on a black man potentially owning an NBA franchise? More importantly, owning a franchise in the city where George, where George Floyd was, was murdered. Uh, and how do you feel that that can infect, uh, impact the black people that are living in the Minneapolis, St. Paul area?
2: Woo! If that happens, if that man from out west man takes over the Timberwolves, man, that's that's gonna be powerful, bro. Like I, I think those moments, man, mean so much symbolically first. Let's talk symbolically for the culture because I lived there for lived there for some time and Minnesota's not very diverse, but it has a strong, strong black community. I met a lot of strong people out there. And you know, I mean, it's the hometown of Prince. Like this is, if he does that, it it, it means a lot symbolically, but as far as like, in a very real way, you know, I wonder what those organizations are doing out there, like, like, um, you know, like Target Field, like uh, the football to the Vikings. What are they doing to make sure that, those communities are supported out there because nothing that happens in our communities happens in a vacuum. Just like we're seeing, just like with, with what happened with George Floyd as a result of George Floyd's killing, we thought we are talking about police brutality, but now journalistic organizations are capitalized in the letter B in black. And then you've got, you know, Ben and Jerry's making a ice cream to do this. Then you got Aunt Jemima's fixing logo, Uncle Ben. Then you got companies, then you got these statues coming down voluntarily, not even talking about the ones that have been taken down by force. You got they've been talking legislation to take down some of these statues for for years in some cases decades and they're coming down instantly now so it's just i say all that to say it's just a proof that all of these different issues the respect the, the the respect to black life is interconnected you know you can't separate one from the other so when a black man takes over a piece of that takes this piece of the pie within a, a space where something that violent happened is it, going to have a ripple effect on the community. So I hope it. Uh, I hope it actually happens.
1: Definitely, I, I would love to see a team owned by uh, a black, at, l- at least a piece of it owned by a black man. Seeing that ninety percent of the league is black, so uh, let's make that happen. Hope that uh, happens for the city of uh, Minneapolis, well, Minnesota, and things What's happen. What's scary, though? Yeah, go ahead.
2: My, my bad, my bad. But what's scary though what got me hype, man, you know. Uh, it's what's scary though is that um we, we saw this happen with um you know i fear that when, when we make these business expansions like what does it mean for for justification and that's why you hope to have a black person at the helm not just for the symbolism but you know jay-z took over the brooklyn nets and you know they built up the Barquays and it changed the neighborhood you know what i mean so i mean yep. how do you improve neighborhoods in a way that helps everybody in those neighborhoods and a lot of radical activists will say that black capitalism is going to defeat capitalism, you know, because the interests uh. of the, 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 the dollar will supersede the interests of the people. And so that's something to think about as well. So I hope Kevin Garnett has people around him that can help him uh, seize the moment in the right way and kind of balance those two, two ideas
1: well said bro Uh, definitely Uh, we got a few more questions and this segment um, normally during our target practice segment um, we got rapid fire that's how we like to end it (laughs) so so basically what we gonna do man i'm gonna go ahead and hit you with a few quick questions and you just give me the first thing that comes to your head all
2: right oh okay 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 bet
1: all right so, you already spoke on it at the, in the beginning, a little bit in between the interview, but not many know that you are, and you're not sweet when it comes to rapping. Uh, I personally would put you up against a lot of rappers in the uh-huh. game, but that's another story for another day. Um, uh, do you see yourself coming back into the game and dropping an album at some point in time? And if you did, what would you call it?
2: you came right with it, came right with it. I see myself dropping an EP uh, very soon, very, very soon. Um, I don't know if it'll have a sophisticated rollout. I'll probably just do it because out of pure expression. And what would I call it? I would call it, hmm, hmm Cabin Fever feels too, uh, nah, that's Wiz, that's Wiz Khalifa. That's Wiz Khalifa. Yeah, I gotta think about that. I got to think okay. about that. I was going to think of some quarantine thing, but I don't know. I haven't really thought about it, man. I I, I have been recording, but um, yes. I haven't recorded something that I feel like, you know, I need to add to the ecosystem. When I have that, I'm going to release that. Yeah, when
1: you when you start dropping tracks, just make sure you drop me the link.
2: Make sure you, you send know. that to the hitman first, me baby.
1: Yeah, man. Go ahead. Leak you know us what? a couple tracks.
2: Y'all got tracks. my word.
1: Y'all got my word, <laughs>
2: man. I'm going to leak it on you all joy first.
1: Bet it up. That's all I want to hear. I'm just glad you're making music, man. Can't wait to hear it. Uh, Next question we got. Uh, You got a story to report on, and you got to take a flight cross-country. You got to download three albums because you can't get Wi-Fi, you can't stream right, so you got to download three albums to listen to. Which ones are you going with?
2: I'm going Victory Lap, Miles Davis Kind of blue. And Erica Badu, Mama's good. Ooh, I knew you was coming
0: with the Betty Badu. I was waiting. I meant to tell you, bro. I got some. I know you got the record player. I got some vinyls for you. As soon as I get to New York, I got some for you, partner. Ooh, we need to trade
2: vinyls,
1: man. I got some for you, bro. I'm telling you. Nice, nice. This man's a Renaissance man with his answers. I like that. I like. I like those. I like those three though. That's that media training. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so the last one let me get you up out of here uh, same thing you still got this trip you on this trip you got three albums now give me the three pair of sneakers
2: you taking with you oh you just bad so now this is tricky because like now I feel like do I answer it in terms of like how fresh let that go I like let
1: be, that be fresh go. We, we just we out here Man, you got a rap show. You got a rap, you on tour for a you on a tour. You on tour, you know, doing doing a spoken word, dropping bars. You got three sneakers to take with you. Which ones you taking? We're not talking MTV, we're not talking reporting on the news. We know how that go. What three what three pairs of shoes you taking with
2: you? I'm going, I'm gonna go PMOS experiment four. Okay. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna to go to uh, the patent leather mics. Those are still a classic. 11s, yes sir. (laughs) You know, gotta do the 11s. And then for sheer comfort, when I'm leaving the stage, going through the crowd, shaking hands. I don't want to care if people step on my shoes. I need something durable, comfortable. I'm a, you know, he's in he's in hot water right now, man. I'm gonna go with the Yeezys, man. So wow. I, I'm sorry. Wow. I'm uh, wow, bro. Ain't nothing wrong with that, man. They look comfortable. They look comfortable. You know, comfortable. You know the, the, the brown ones, man, I can't remember which, what's that, the, the 500s or 600s? You may be talking
1: uh you may be talking seven hundreds. Chris, you look shoe guy over here. He talking seven you know, hundreds. He's talking seven hundreds. Yeah.
2: Going Yeezy seven hundreds, man. You know, the mind's comfortable, man. I'm sorry, Chris. I don't know. Do
0: you approve of my list, man? Let me know how
2: much. <laughs> I was finna
0: <laughs> ask you if you had some Yeezy in your Serato, but you know, that's our that's all <laughs> our brother. It is what it is. Yo, a true champion. Our brother, we love you. We love you, big dog. I cannot wait to see how the rest of this journey goes for you, brother. Wherever you go, whatever you do, know and believe that you got loyal, devout supporters and the hitmen. We're going to be with you every step of the way. Thank you for coming on the show.
2: Proud of you, my boy. Man, I'm proud of y'all. I love this show. I'm so thankful for y'all having me. And y'all have no idea, bro. I'm like you know you do a lot of these conversations it's very rare that people you talk to really know the full story of who you are and uh, you just get to vent you know I'm, I'm gonna listen back to this like why was i talking so long because i was on the phone with my brothers man so i appreciate y'all so much this, <laughs> it's
1: all love man we appreciate you man
0: make sure y'all check him out goofy mtv news need to know mtv true life crime y'all can catch him everywhere tell them what's coming up next big dog what what, what you got going on What can find we find you? social
2: media at domit d-o-m-e-t-i underscore and domitpongo.com and i got many 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 more projects coming up soon true true life crime season 2 uh we're shooting that in september just dropped a series with the smithsonian and you can also catch me every tuesday at three o'clock Eastern on Sirius XM on the Karen Hunter Show. So man, just stay until. Man, that
1: one. bag is different, dog. That bag gotta be different, bro. This boy just list. This boy, this, is, this is list. list off... you just listed off about seven things. Yeah, that bag different. We gotta talk off of here, bro. Bro, yeah, baby. <laughs>
0: Man, you don't know what this is gonna mean to my mama and my daddy, bro. I love you, prof. Thank you for coming on. Social champion of the streets, Doma T Pongo. Thank you again. Thank you again for checking in with us, bro. We love you.
2: you love my boy.
0: Alright, brody.
1: Man. That boy took us to the cleaners, didn't he? That's a sightful brother right there. He was talking that talk. Uh, Prof, uh, Demet, I'm a call. Let me stop calling him Prof. That, I'm gonna give him the respect and call him by his real name. Uh, Domati is a real, you know, a real inspiration. Uh, follow him. Look at how he's reporting these stories. He's talking about things that really matter to our culture, and he only wants the best for us. So. Uh, it's a refreshing when you can get, when you can go on TV, you can, I can go on the internet. I could even go on Snapchat and see my brother on there talking about the issues that are affecting our communities and what we can do to help and what we can do to be better. So man, huge shout out!
0: Man, we was just talking to a champion, dog. We was talking to Farrakhan. We was talking to Dr. King, Malcolm. You feel me? Dusabe. We was just talking to the man, bro. He's
1: a good brother, man. He's a good brother. I feel um, it's an honor to know him. I'm glad we were able to talk to him, and he's able to drop some jewels and and give the people some knowledge, man. Uh, It's good to have people like that one phone call away. So. Who shout out to Demetri, man, and what he's doing and how he how he's using his platform. Uh, I, I can't believe we got him on the show, man. Like even like even though he's he's the
0: homie, you feel me? It's just it still doesn't hit me. It hits me different, bro. I don't know about oh, you. Oh yeah, it's nothing new. Watching him do his thing, bro. This is nothing new. This is nothing new to us. We've been watching him do his thing. You've been doing it longer than me. You said you've been he been your man since pots and pans, but just meeting this brother when I first got a chance to meet him in college, I was like, man, he's different, he's special. And those words get thrown around too casually in our day and time today, but Domati is a leader, personified, and he has the talent to do whatever he wants and take it wherever he needs to go. This MTV situation, the, the WVON situation, that stuff is not surprising to me. Not at all. It would the thing that would be surprising to me is if he hadn't gotten this far and there's still so much more I'm waiting on the book deal. You feel me? I'm waiting on him to have his own show He's already moderated some some impactful conversations. He's a mover and shaker in the streets, man I man, I, I it's, it's no it's nothing else that I can really say about him. Salute to prof Salute to
1: Domancy. Thank you so much for coming on the show. i blessing us, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir Definitely appreciate that man. How you feeling? What's
0: going on? Oh, man. Like I told you, I'm, I, I got a chance to get away from tool time at the crib. You <laughs> feel me? <laughs> no. I got been I've been watching True Life Crime all week but uh i got a chance to check out some wnba action
1: shout out to the ladies yeah man i seen uh sabrina Ionescu out there shaking cats up um she's gonna be a problem for a long time in the wnba she was already a problem in college and when you when you get that many triple doubles in college then i mean it's probably you're probably gonna be a problem for a long time to uh-huh. So, uh, shout out to her. Um, you seen I seen everybody showing their support, wearing those orange WNBA hoodies. I need
0: one uh, of them things. Uh, yeah, oh, I need one of them that's, hard.
1: Probably, that's in the cart. That's that's in the cart. So, uh definitely grabbing those. Shout out to them, and and they got their season started. I want to say a couple of days ago, right? Um, yesterday. Yeah, yeah yesterday. Like yeah. Getting in yeah, they got in touch. I seen, I seen a couple of highlights. Haven't been able to really check out any games there, uh, but I have checked out a few in the uh, NBA bubble. Have you been able to see that?
0: Before you get, before you take it, before you take it there, you can't just, you can't just put the put the meat on the grill and yeah. we'll only keep it on there for a second. You ain't checked out none of the W. Shout out to the Chicago Sky. <laughs> shout out to Allie Quigley. She hit the, man. she hit yeah. the game winner. Ice cold veins today, baby. Knocked it down. Also, shout out yeah hard body also shout out to the la sparks shout out to uh neka aguma k she went nine for nine in the first half setting a uh franchise record for for field goal percentage for the team they did their thing yesterday shout out candace parker i didn't even know some of the moving that was going on i didn't even know the move all the movement that was going on this prof calling me back right here i didn't know all the movement that was going on did you know that skylar Diggins smith was out there with diana tarazi bro I had no clue. Last time I checked she was on the yeah, wings. Bro,
1: they trying to make it work. They, they try, Yeah, they trying to make it work. They trying to they, they they hope that they can mesh and you know become something which I think they I think they can. Tarasi is a is a different type of beast. And you you add her with Scali Diggins and Brittany Griner and you got something there. So uh shout out to the Mercury man trying to I think they got three titles in their franchise history they're trying to go for number four. So uh shout out to them. Hopefully they can make that work. The, the sparks, sparks going, going crazy too.
0: though. They got Simone yeah, Augustus, the Candace good. Parker,
1: yeah. the Grooma K Quinn twins, yeah. Gray, oh my god, like uh, one of the Mbuma K twins are not playing, by the way. Uh, one of the Mbouma K twins um, opted to uh, opted to not go to the bubble, so they'll be down one of the sisters. But they still they still well they still heavily powered, and they should be a favorite to win the Man, championship. Man, the W is the W together, is booming. They got a lot of championship right. experience on that team, and then you add Simone Augustus, who has four rings already. So, yeah, they'll be nice. Y'all make sure y'all
0: check out the WNBA schedule. Get into them. shout out to my boy Ryan Ruco. Shout out to Rebecca Lobo, LaChina Robinson, Holly Rowe on the scene down there at Bradenton, Florida. She's actually in the bubble. Uh, so salute to salute to the, the cast and crew that's, that's doing their thing. Shout out to the ladies. Now let's get to the bubble, boys. Go ahead, Mo. I know you are super excited about these scrimmages that went on. Tell us about you know what? it, what
1: happened. I was, I was, I was excited, bro. Don't act like you're not excited to see the NBA back. You are. It's okay. You can, we'll let you. You will. We'll let you keep playing this theme as if you're not excited for the NBA to be back. Uh, you're probably the only one on that boat right now. But the NBA is back. The scrimmage games did begin uh, this past week, and we've seen. It's not more about the play to me I was more concerned of how is this gonna look how's this product gonna look once they put it out on the floor in Orlando how these arenas gonna look how the floor is how they're gonna broadcast this are we gonna be able to hear things and to my surprise the NBA has done a great job man I don't know if you saw the arena and how it looks uh, but yeah, the court look amazing the look court crazy. Looks amazing amazing
0: situation. They
1: got going on is dope. Yeah, uh, before they have black lives matter on the court but before I continue with that. I do want to jump back to the WNBA shout out to the teams that uh, the Chicago sky was one of the teams also uh, the sparks they I want to say it was the sparks, but they did show love to Breonna Taylor before the game. They played a montage of Breonna Taylor um, before the game and gave her a moment of silence, and they did speak on it. So shout out to the WNBA um, for speaking on the matters that matter to us.
0: Also shout out to the Seattle Storm, the entire team. So the WNBA, all the players are wearing Breonna Taylor. patches on the back of their jerseys. But the Seattle Storm in particular, uh, Brianna Stewart, Sue Bird, uh, Jewel Lloyd, they all decided collectively to walk off the court when the national anthem plays. So salute to the Storm for standing up and letting it be known that this is not just a publicity stunt, this is not just about wearing a name or a t-shirt on the back of your jersey. Absolutely. This is about social change and social justice. Absolutely. Them punk ass cops that still running loose, we need them arrested. We need the killers of Breonna Taylor behind bars, on trial, convictions, we need change. Arrest the cops that killed Breonna Taylor. Rest in peace to Breonna Taylor. We miss you. We love you. No
1: way around it. Arrest them, man. But yeah, shout out to them. Uh, but back to the NBA. Um, the court looks amazing, man. They have Black Lives Matter on the court. Um, you see these players as well in their interviews um, taking attention off of basketball and putting it on social injustice, and they're not taking no for an answer. So shout out to them doing that but yeah man the court is good you can hear some Jeez. of the uh, sounds I don't know you heard Melo getting a, uh, getting a rebound the other day um, I heard that I mean, loud he caught some flag yeah for that. I heard that loud and clear and I, but how do you feel about it because personally I love it I think that that is amazing. I need to hear everything. Mic up Patrick Beverly as soon as he gets back to the bubble. Put him on the mic and let that just run the whole game because that's going to be more entertaining than hearing announcers try to uh, chime in because it seems like they're not at the arenas. So they like lagging on um, how they're bringing the coverage and rightfully so. But if that's the case, then they might as well just get a DJ and mic up the players and let them just go.
0: Yeah, I mean, I love it. You know what I'm saying? That's just ball is life. You feel me? That's just how Players talk. That's how hoopers talk when they on the court, when it's in the heat of competition. I don't know if ESPN and TNT are ready for how deep it's gonna get. (laughs) How (laughs) you feel me? How thorough it's gonna get? And and you gotta think. You gotta think. It's only 22 teams uh, before they get to the playoffs. Imagine some of the all-time trash talkers of the order, the the s talk ish talkers, if you will. Imagine if Draymond was out there. Imagine, you know, Melo's one of them as well. We just spoke on KG a little while ago in the interview with Prof. Um, Like you said, Westside Bev. These guys let it fly when they out there on the court. They don't play games with expressing themselves. Uh, I love it. You we'll know, through their than. through their play and through their words. So that's just basketball culture for those that, you know, want a G rated or P G rated game. This ain't this ain't your daddy's basketball. This ain't daddy. your grandma's basketball. This is the NBA and you know, salute to the league for being the pioneers and stepping out there saying, We're gonna show the rest of the sports world how it's done, uh, when we dealing with this coronavirus situation. I came from, bro, I am ready for basketball. I just, again, I I, 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 I need them to be careful. I need them to be careful. I need them to, you know, make sure that they on top of things. I've been hearing rumblings that things ain't what they seem down there in Orlando. But, you know, that's going to be some talk for another day. Before we get off into the rest of the topics, I do want to send a quick shout out to our boy, one of our loyal followers, on the Hitman Podcast. Shout out to Sammy the Bench Warmer over in the UK. He picked up Scoop Jackson's book after hearing the interview. Shout out to Scoop. Salute to Scoop. Go make sure y'all go get his book. The game is not a game. It's out yes, right sir. now. It's available everywhere. Books are sold. But shout out to
1: Appreciate Shout you, Sammy.
0: out to y'all. Yeah, for sure, man. You we got something coming your you. way. We're going to get with you. We got something special uh, just for the support. Thank you for supporting the Hitman podcast. We appreciate it.
1: Damn, we international now.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's man. No, that's what yeah, said, man. Shout out to man. Cindy,
1: man. Definitely appreciate you tuning in to us, man. It, makes it made us feel good. Definitely yeah. man, what else we got man, we got, we got a few stories, the NBA is cool but we will get more into that talk uh, a little bit later, but I do before we get off of it, uh, you seen Bobo, he look nice, he look nice man. In a man. scrimmage,
0: yeah he looks oh. nice. I don't want you to get too excited, why are they, t- why are they taking stats and doing box scores in a scrimmage? Chris. Oh my god, Chris. LeBron James scored Course, 73 points in a half. <laughs>
1: Chris, you gotta His understand. His teammates
0: aren't, aren't able to stop him. You hate to see it. <laughs>
1: Chris, you gotta understand. You should understand this better than anybody. They have to do this, bro they have to take the score they have to run the that's why you think they got they running the music and trying stuff out this is this ain't no regular arena they gotta they got a place in Orlando they have to figure out the kinks work out anything that may may go wrong so of course you gotta take score the players gotta wear the jerseys we gotta run this we gotta practice we got look you practice how you want to play you want to go out there practicing all like willy-nilly and not taking score. And then when Thursday get here, all of a sudden the score scoreboard don't work. Everybody forgot how to take score and all of that. You don't want to get to that on Thursday. So, of course, they got to do it now. It does seem it does seem a little silly that we're taking stats in a scrimmage. But I, I understand the point. We got to get back into the flow of things. Man, you find a no reason and I like none
0: Damn. just quick point to make <laughs> just a quick point to make and, and that's cool that's cool that's cool you said what you said you know I'll take it into consideration you know what I'm saying we still a couple of days out from the official kickoff of the season or the resu- the, the resuming of the season but uh, yeah. just something for y'all to think about real quick LeBron made a quote back in March uh, this is a direct quote oh I'm not playing with no fans Jer- LeBron James in July
1: quote This scrimmage is a
0: championship.
1: Bro, bro, don't do that. Don't, don't go. Don't do that. <laughs> do not clown, do, clown, do not clown. Do that, man. He walked back clown. that statement, man. He walked back that statement and said, I mean, he would like to play in front. He would like to play in front of fans, but he understands mm. that the state, safety is number one, bro. Uh-huh. I knew he was gonna try to bring yeah. that Hell over here, man. man. That's crazy. But I, it is funny if you don't get if you don't have introspective to what's actually going on. That's kind of funny. I ain't gonna lie to you. That is. If
0: Introspective, make sure you hit us up with your introspect at the (laughs) Hitman Podcast on Instagram. Hit us in the mailbag the Hitman Podcast at gmail.com.
1: Yes, sir. What, What else we got going on in the world of sports? Oh, your boy Jamal Adams finally got what he wanted. Yeah, Jamal
0: the baller. Got traded from the New York Jets out west to the Seattle Seahawks. Salute that man. They paid that man. Legion of Boom 2.0. Shout out to Jamal Adams. Congratulations.
1: Yeah, I mean, Seattle paid a heavy, heavy price for that. They paid a heavy price. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. But it's
0: worth it. Is it? It's worth it. For what I, think, I believe so. Jamal Adams is a baller. He's a beast, bro. He is. The season can't get here fast enough. Also, Seahawk News, congratulations to Sierra and Russell Wilson. They welcomed their son, Wynn Wilson, into the family over the weekend. So, salute to Russell Wilson and Sierra. Congratulations.
2: I'm right behind
0: y'all. Childbirth is great. I'm hearing. I'm assuming. Yes, <laughs> I'm hoping. <laughs> Shout out to the Wilsons.
1: Let me tell you this. Congratulations to the Wilsons. Uh, I just got to go back to this though because this is ridiculous, in my opinion. They deal Jamal Adams. They give away Bradley. LeBee, you don't like Jamal Adams? No, no, no. I like. I like. Actually, Jamal Adams is probably the best safety in the game. Um, He played on the Jets so pop people probably don't know that but he is probably the best safety in his game But you trade him for a first-round pick a third-round pick Another first round so the first round pick of 2021 and 2022 and a third-round pick in 2021 Plus Bradley McDougal Right, I think the Jets won. That's just my opinion. And I saw Le'Veon Bell. He made a tweet about, man, people do all this politicking to get you to come to their team and then they leave. Well, Le'Veon Bell, let me tell you this. The Jets will be good soon. If they utilize those picks the right way, the Jets will be good. Good very, very soon. You don't have nothing to worry about, dog. You don't have anything to worry about. I don't believe the Seahawks. I can't believe they gave up that much, but they're in the moment of wanting to win right now. So if they feel like, you know, uh, Jamal Adams gives them that best chance, then kudos to them. It's a trade that works out for both of us. The Jets
0: Jets will be good. You sound like the homie Ebo. Shout out to E.
1: Damn, he's gonna love this tape. Man, I I never I really never put the jets and being good in the same sentence. But bro, when you get you get all those early picks, you get first round pick, you can assess your every need with those picks, especially when you have a first and third round pick next year, and then a, another first round pick in 2022, which is going to be added on to the other picks that they do have. I just believe that they are, they won, they won this trade, um, but we'll see what happens with the Seahawks this year. Shout out to both teams.
0: Make sure y'all keep it locked each and every week. How you do this weekend, bro? You catch them, Uh, you catch them off white fours, you catch them uh, Grateful Dead,
1: SB dunks, what you do? Bro, why are you asking silly questions? <laughs> you know I took the L. <laughs> You're asking dumb-ass questions, bro. I took the L. <laughs> Set my alarm, like I told y'all I do. Set my alarm for 10 minutes before. Sat there, pressed the button, just for them to say, oh, we already sold out. I'm going to tell you this. Um we gotta do something with the sneakers app i'm just being honest like this defund days. the sneakers like, app we gotta do something hey we can defund them too we can we gotta do something we gotta have them on here they need to talk to us like i said about how they go through their process how they making sure that people get the shoes if any um but that's ridiculous bro i did not win and i sound salty as hell right now i do i know i do i sound salty and I, because i am salty but it is what it is man i'll take an l you win. I don't even know why I'm asking. <laughs> I got my pair though. <laughs> 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 you got a pair. <laughs> uh, you got a pair for real.
0: Yeah, bro, this is our podcast. This is going out to our listeners. Why would I play games about that? I got my pair, bro. I always, I I always get my pairs. Congratulations
1: to you. I don't even want to sound like I hate it. Congratulations, I mean, I'm the the
0: most unlucky person in the world, so, you know. It's cool for me to catch a break every once in a while. Make sure y'all tune in to the Instagram page. We're going to have a sneaker rundown each and every week for y'all. Not much heat coming out this week, but keep it locked. We, we we hearing some rumblings of some quick strike stuff and some stuff coming out that, you know, you might be surprised at. But, uh, yeah, man, that be here. I got the two-day shipping. It'll be here in a couple days, you know.
1: Yeah, um, that's a quick shout-out. Just a random shout-out, too. Shout-out to all the creators out there, man. Um, this time, I've you know, we've been in the house. We haven't been really able to go anywhere. Um, I've been tuning in to like social media a little bit more and I got a lot of dope people doing some dope things, man. As far as just creating in any avenue, whether that be clothing, whether that be media, uh, whether it be giving back whether it be you know i just got a lot of dope people in dope places doing creating dope things man so shout out to all y'all out there that's got a dream or got a project that you're getting off the ground and some stuff that you're working on whether it brings you money or not man i'm glad that you're doing something that brings you joy so shout out to y'all man
0: shout out to our brother hollywood ace mixtape out right now Go pick that up. You feel me? Yes, sir. Follow him at the Ace shout Boogie the on Instagram. Check the mixtape out. Single Water. It's going crazy.
1: Yeah. Quick shout out to the boy Dino. Uh, my boy got the, he got the Taper Talk series coming soon uh, a good project shining light on barbers um, that's doing their thing even do, even through the pandemic so shout out to him hopefully we'll get him on one day to talk about you know things that he's doing to, to help out the community or shine light on those people that are in that industry but uh, shout out to my boy uh, I got so many shout outs I'm just gonna get him out during during the random episodes every episode a couple shout outs but that's all I got right now for me
0: Quick shout out for me, shout out to my little brother, Jack. Shout out to Bender the Big Spender. Make sure y'all check out their podcast, The Cooler. It's listed and housed everywhere that podcasts live. Make sure y'all go check that out. Don't be a goofy, go do that now. Make sure y'all like it, subscribe it, five star review it, put a bat signal in the sky to make sure everybody else get in tune as well. We appreciate y'all kicking it with us, man, each and every week. Y'all don't understand how much the support means to us. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all. We're going to be back at y'all next week with a brand new episode. Again, make sure y'all check us out on Instagram at The Hitman Podcast, at Labeled and known, at M O underscore S A L 1. Make sure y'all hit us up in the mailbag, the Podcast at gmail.com. Yes, sir. With that being said, we're gonna get at y'all again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Peace. What happened here was a miracle, and I want you to fing acknowledge it.
1: All right, it was a miracle. Can we go now? Can we go we go go now?